Welcome to Parsha Panorama for Parsha's Lechacha. When we finished Parsha's Noach, we left off on somewhat of a cliffhanger because we introduced this apparent Plan C that Hashem has now put into place for creation and for mankind, right? Because Plan B was to start the world over from Noach and hopefully... From Noah and on, everything would be hunky-dory, everyone would be doing the right thing, and somehow man would be able to achieve and attain the ultimate good that Hashem created the world for. Right? That was the whole purpose for creation. And since the Dor Hamabel blew it, Hashem started over from Noah. And that was all great until along came the Dor HaFlaga. And in terms of what exactly the problem was with the Dor HaFlaga, we spoke about at length last week um, that perhaps it wasn't even a sin at all. Maybe it was just a hashgafa. Maybe it was just a, a dangerous philosophy. Though, of course, there are sources in Chazal that say that that was a generation of idolaters, that it was a certain devotee Zara. But even, even without the understanding of Avodah Zarah, even without the Midrashim um, and the Midrashic background that references Avodah Zarah, still we were trying to explain exactly what the problem with the Dora Flaga was and, of course, how Avram Avinu represents a step forward uh, in, in progress away from the problem that was the Dora Flaga. But apparently there was a problem with the Dora Flaga and Avram represents the next step. So the question that we will hopefully deal with today is how exactly that is. How does the world get closer to the Tachlis for which Hashem created it through Avraham Avinu? That and other questions we'll address. So in the meantime, let's talk about the global aspect of Parshas Lachacha. What, in fact, is Parshas Lachacha about? If Parshas Bereshis was about Hashem's plan A for the world and everything that went wrong with it, right? Hashem created the world, and then at the end Hashem said, I'm going to destroy it. And if Parshas Noach was uh, destruction and recreation, right? plan B, and then everything that went wrong with plan B. So naturally, Parshas Lachacha is plan C. But, of course, we don't see the end of Plan C here, so this is only the beginning, and apparently it's happening through Avraham, but it becomes clear that Avraham takes center stage for a while. He gets at least two partios in full, um, if, and if you count Chaye Sara, where he's in the background, and at least in the beginning he's the protagonist. So we're going to get a lot of Avraham. So it sounds like, you know, this is where the world is going. The world is following Avraham Avinu. The Torah is following Avraham Avinu. And what we have to still understand then is, again, how Avraham represents this shift, how Avraham represents this concentration of whatever it is Hashem wants for the world. But also, now that we have multiple partios about Avraham Avinu, or now that we're about to have them, we need to figure out why exactly there are multiple Avraham Avinu Parshios, and what this Parsha, in, uh, this chapter of Avraham Avinu represents. Right, because uh, Lechacha is a, is a pretty lengthy Parsha about Avraham, Vayera is a pretty lengthy Parsha about Avraham, 
And what's important to point out is that the Torah, in our Masorah, in terms of dividing up the Sidros, is not purely based on what's longer and what's shorter. Right? There, there, there are thematic connections. You know, Parsha's Nasso is also a Parsha, it's the longest Parsha, and it's Parsha of some, some of topics that are seemingly disjointed. So, and I point that out just so you can understand that we don't necessarily... Um, you know, there there is a rhyme and a reason to the way the parshas are divided, and we don't just take length into account. So that being the case, we have to understand how, like, what exactly is lecha as opposed to vayera. Okay, so as we try to understand that, let's let's first establish what we know about lecha. So lecha is certainly the beginning of Avraham's mission. We were introduced to Avraham at the end of Noah. We were told very little. We were told about his father, Tarach. Tarach had three kids. One of them died. Haran died. And Avraham has a nephew from that, the, from the son that died. That would be Lot. And Avraham married Sarai. Chazal say that was Yiska. Um, and that was about it. So we know that Sarai is barren. Apparently that we get that point of introduction, at least. But we don't really get much more of an introduction. And then Hashem comes to Avraham and he says, okay, let's get going. You're going to go. And then Hashem has a bunch of different instructions for Avraham. And it seems like, you know, every every step of the way, Hashem has a different instruction for Avraham. So what we know about Lecha, at least, this is the beginning of Avraham's journey. If, if, there, if we know nothing else, that's what we know. This is the beginning of Avraham's journey. And what else is it? So I will already hint at one big difference. If you look, this is this is important. We we spoke about this for for Beratius actually, uh, but look at the beginning of the parsha, look at the end of the parsha, and then you'll figure out you know what everything in between is. And if you know where the parsha ends, you can have a little bit of an idea about where Vayera begins. And it's important to point out that Vayera, Parsha's Vayera is not the first parsha that we actually find the words Vayera in reference to Hashem appearing to Avram. We have it at least a couple of times in Parshas Lechacha. So there has to be some shift by the time we get to Vayera. And there is a shift. Um, so while I don't think we have the time to speak about all of it today, what I'll point out is that if you look at the beginning of Lechacha and the end of Lechacha, and what we get at the beginning of Vayera, you'll notice the shift, and that shift is that just before Lechacha closes out, Avraham Avinu gets entered into Brismila, and that's where he actually becomes Avraham. Right until that point, he was Avram, and Sarah was Sarai. But at the Brismila, at the very end of Lecha, that's when Avram becomes Avraham, he experiences his name change, and that is what we close out Lecha with. So, although we really end up having one Avram Parsha, that's Lecha. And this is really maybe an answer to our question why, you know, there's more than one Avraham Parsha. There's, um, there's uh, one Parsha for Avram, one Parsha for Avraham. So, there's obviously more that we have to uncover here. Right? You can't just say, oh, yeah, one is about Avram, one's about Avraham. Because, after all, he's more or less he is the same person, but he's the, he's the same biological human being. But we have to figure out. So then, what does what what exactly is 
the difference. And it's not just a matter of, you know, okay, it's a different chapter in his life. What, what, is, what is the chapter made of? So, but what we really can start with is that this is Avraham's mission to becoming Avraham. And we'll, we'll come back to this very shortly. So let's go through the specifics of the Parsha, and we'll talk about this journey. Right, This is the beginning of Avraham's journey, from being Avram to hopefully Avraham by the end of Lachacha. And with that, I have seven sections to the Parsha. Section one is the opening, Lech Lecha, Avraham leaving home. At that time, he was Avram. Then, number two, we have as soon as Avraham, or Avram at the time, gets to Eretz Yisrael, so there is a hunger, and then he has to descend to Mitzrayim. And there we have the story of Paro kidnapping Sarai, and then ultimately he, um, you know, Hashem plagues him. He finds out that Sarai, in fact, was not Avram's sister, but really his wife. And so he sends him off with gifts. Fine. They come back with the gifts. And they come back home. And Lot was there the entire time. Lot was part of the entourage. In section 3, Avraham and Lot have to separate because of the, the uh, scuffle between the shepherds, Avraham's shepherds, Lot's shepherds, uh, Lot's shepherds grazing places where they shouldn't. And they, they, they part ways. Avraham says, you choose where you want to go. Lot chooses Sodom. And we're going to hear much more about that in Parshas Vayera. Section 4, we have the war with the kings, which follows right after the separation. So we, we, we get a little bit of a history lesson about these, these uh, kings that you know, there, was a, there was a big war, the four kings versus the five kings, and the four kings dominated them. And when they did that, Lotz got captured, and Avraham went to the war to spare Lot. So that's the war with the kings, that's section four. Five, we have the Brisbane of Asaram. Hashem tells Avraham, don't, don't think you lost out on all your merits. Um, you're, you know, looking at the stars, you're going to, you know, you're going to be, you're, everything's good, you're going to have so many kids. And, uh, and he says, you're going to inherit the land. Avraham wants to know, how will I know? And then they have the Brisbane of Asaram. Avraham separates these animals. The, the, there's a fire that goes through. Hashem and Avraham um, have this verse where Hashem tells Avraham, your children are going to be strangers. They're going to, be, they're going to go through oppression, etc., etc. Forewarning, God's um, Mitzrayim. Then six, we have the story of Hagar and baby Ishmael. And uh, as soon as Avraham, um, you know, wakes up from the breastbone of Asarim, he ends up um, in a union with Hagar. Sarai says, I want to be built up, and I don't have kids in the meantime, and so therefore um, you'll, you'll marry her, you'll have a kid, and I'll be built up through that, hopefully. And then seven, we have the Brismila and the name changes. The Brismila name change, where Avraham becomes Avraham, Sarai becomes Sarah, and they're told that you are going to have another kid, and this kid is going to be Yitzchak, and he's going to be the real Zara Avraham. All right, so those are the seven sections. I'll just mention them one more time. Number one, we have the command of Lech, Avraham leaves home. Number two, we have the hunger, the descent to Mitzrayim, the famine. We have uh, three, the separation from Lot. Number four, we have the war with the kings. Five, we have the Brisbane of Asarim. Six, we have the, the, the Hagar and meeting baby Ishmael. And seven, we have the Brismila and the, the, the name changes that take place with that. So now let's go back to the global issues of 
this, uh, this Parsha. So there are a handful of questions that we touched on, and let's review them, and we'll add some more as we go along. So one thing that we did not address yet is, what exactly did Hashem choose Avraham? We touched on this somewhat when talking about how Avram apparently represents Plan C. But what we do not get in the beginning of Lechacha, at least, or even at the end of Noah, it's not so clear, is why Hashem chooses Avraham. The Torah omits the story of Avram Avinu's incredible exodus from Orkazdim, the miracles that the Midrashim quote about um, Avram escaping a fiery furnace that he was thrown into all because he believed in God, the whole story with the shattering of the of Odazara statues. So Avram, you know, from the time that we, you know, that we always met him as kids, you know, we, we learned the Midrashim, and there, there, there are different variations of, of Avraham's past, as recorded in history and recorded in the Midrashim, but we know Avraham as starting off as a hero. And you don't get that impression from Lech. You don't get that impression from Noah. And it begs the question why Avram doesn't have any semblance of a real introduction, barely gets anything. And so we don't really understand why Hashem chooses Avram. It's very clear in the Torah why Hashem showed himself in a certain sense. Yeah, we don't have Lashon of Vayir, but he did open up and speak to Noah. And the Torah says, We don't have anything like that for Avram. We don't have anyone confirming that Avraham is a tzaddik, that Avraham is worthy. It's just Hashem's statement to Avraham. And maybe that's something in and of itself. Maybe the fact that we don't get an explanation. You know, this, this, might, uh, this might speak to the, the, those who are darshan Laganai for Noah. Right? The fact that it says that Noah was a tzaddik, and, you know, particularly in his generation. So maybe that kind of introduction is warranted for someone who you might have otherwise not expected or understood that he was a tzaddik. And those who are Darshan Laganai, they might say, yeah, because, you know, Avram didn't need such an introduction. Because, you know, here's a man who needs no introduction because he was as great as he is. And maybe if you consider the audience of the, you know, the original audience of the Torah, these were people who were alive in the Midbar at, uh, you know, at Har Sinai. So if they were given this historical account, they would know their ancestor Avram. And maybe, just maybe, they wouldn't have known Noah because, in fact, Noah is not one of the forefathers. So maybe you could just make the argument that for the audience who received the Torah, you know, Avraham was literally a man who needed no introduction. Maybe. But, you know, for generations, we would like to understand, you know, then if so, what made Avraham, other than the fact that we know that he's our ancestor, what made him the, the, the one that Hashem was going to confer upon this responsibility to bear the mission of mankind? Not only that, but the other question is, what exactly was Hashem's plan C? We keep on saying that Avraham is Hashem's plan C for the world. How so? And how would Avram carry out that plan? Hashem created the world for all of mankind. All right, so what about Avram? Avram is, he's going to become an Avamon Gaim. He's a father to all kinds of nations. But Avraham wasn't the only, he wasn't the only person. You know, he, um, his seed was not the only seed in the world. In fact, at that time, he had no seed. Um, he had no kids, except for Ishmael. And there were other nations around him. So uh, Avram becomes this father of nations. In the meantime, he does not really have any nations. There are other nations in the world. And all these Gaim, quote-unquote, you know, these people who are, whether they're pagans, idolaters, or just people who are not following Hashem, apparently. So what about them? Is there, is there any hope for them? You know, Hashem says, I'm just going to concentrate on one 
if I can't fix the world, I'll just fix one person. Or I'll just follow one person who is doing really well. So what exactly was Hashem's plan C? Hashem created a world for a bunch of people. You know, the, the world was meant for the entire Earth's population. And with Noah, he destroyed everything. And then he started over. And it wasn't like Hashem killed out the Dora Flaga. He let the Dora Flaga live. He just dispersed them. Now he says, okay, I'm going to pick one person. And he picks Avram. But again, why? Why concentrate on one individual? Why give up on the rest of the world? It seems like you know, part of plan C is to inherently give up on the rest of the world. And then, there, of course, there's the other question of why are there two Avram Avinu Parshios? Where is the line between Parshas Lacha and Parshas Vayera? That, okay, and we, 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 we defined a line. We said one line might be that, oh, well, the shift from Avram to Avraham. That's, that's, the, that's the mark of the end of Lacha. Maybe there's truth to that, but, but why? Like, what, what exactly is the nature of the shift from Avram to Avraham? And maybe part of it is what we alluded to already earlier, that he becomes an Avhamon Goyim. That somehow, by becoming an Avhamon Goyim, this is what gets Hashem to the plan for mankind that he always intended. So what, let, let's see what that plan is. The best introduction that we get maybe is Hashem's speech in the, the opening of Parshas Lecha. Hashem tells Avraham Lecha, you're going to go for your benefit. That's the tr- classic translation of Lecha. And Hashem tells him all these wonderful things that he's going to get if he goes. You're going to get blessings. You're going to get, you're going to, you know, you're going to get renown. You're going to have children. A bunch of wonderful things. And these are interesting promises that Hashem makes to Avraham. They all sound very appealing, very enticing, and it's a, it's a very it's a very fascinating way to start this off. You know, um, Hashem tells Avram, "You got all these good things coming to you." Now, one thing that I want to point out that might be helpful to understanding, going back to the other question of how did Avraham represent that uh, that 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 step of progress away from the Dorah Laga? What was wrong with the Dora Flaga, and how has Avraham departed from the Dora Flaga? So, what I'll say is again, and the question is, how has Avraham departed from the Dora Flaga? And the answer, I think, is just that that Avraham had departed from the Dora Flaga. Literally, he departed. What was the big problem with the Dora Flaga? What was Hashem's major drastic intervention in the Dora Flaga? So, if you look in the Pasuk, the Torah tells us that, you know, that the Dora Flaga had an agenda. They wanted to make a name for themselves, Nasa Lanushim. And Hashem responded by dispersing them and creating an inability for them to make a name for themselves. Last week we spoke about the concept of conformity, the concept of the power of man stronger together, the scientific technological advancements, and how their whole, the, the, the whole big um, plan of mankind was that we can do anything we want as long as we're together. And there is something great about Achdos, but there are weaknesses to things like conformity, groupthink, and lack of true unity. It's a, it's a, it's a, this is a selfish unity where, yeah, you know, if, if, I, if, I do, if, if I work with you and you work with me, then I'll get what I need out of life. And, you know, if you're a purely, purely righteous person, great. 
Now, the Dara was not necessarily morally debased. When we said last week that they're, you know, they weren't like the Dora Hamabel, they were religiously debased. You know, they they didn't they they didn't have a you know they didn't have yiras shemayim. Now they weren't necessarily all bad people. They weren't a society that wasn't able to function, but they could have easily devolved into that. That is because in a world that's governed by morals that are created by man, when everything's a human convention, look what man can do with its with his intelligence, and when 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 humans work together. So you can become anything you want, even, and you could change morals. You can you write the script for 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 life, because again, everything's a human convention. So what did Avraham introduce? At the very least, we if we know nothing else. We know that Avraham Avinu introduced dissent, the ability to go against the grain, to go against the crowd, to go against the current, and to follow follow yourself. And not just your instincts, because human instincts are very fallible, but to follow your best understanding of what is Ratzon Hashem. The following your best understanding, your most humble understanding, intellectually honest understanding of what it is you are supposed to be doing, not you know what you ought to be doing, and not what is the most popular thing. This is true from the Midrashim. We know this that Avram was you know um, he was an Ivri. He was he stood Beaver and He stood on the other side of the river, so he knew exactly what he was up against. But you don't only find this from the Midrashim. I think if you look closely, you find this agenda of Avram Avinu in the Pesukim. And you find a major contrast, a major departing from the Dor HaFlaga. Let's take a look at a couple of the Pesukim. So we're already familiar with Vayomer Hashem el Avram, Lech Lecha Mi'artzcha, Mimilatzcha, Mimibesavicha, El Ha'artz HaShaharecha. Hashem says, go from your land, your birthplace, your father's house, to the land that I will show you. This Pesuk is actually fraught with its own difficulty, which Bezra Hashem will come back to. He says, I'm going to make you, you know, everything is going to be great for you. He says, your name is going to be great. That's very fascinating. Your name is going to be great. Coming off the coattails of the Dara Flaga, where the whole goal was Nasa Lanu Shame, right here, right then and there, Hashem is making a promise to Avram that you will have a shame. You will have a name. Very interesting that also the... You know, although you know, we know that shame Ben Noach he was righteous, but maybe shame represents the fault of the generations that followed. You know, the Dora Flaga that followed. That was a generation who sought out shame, and they were you know they wanted a name. Hashem said, "Not in your life," and he you know, he he disperses them, and now he says, "But Avraham, you." I'm willing to give you a name. Why is Hashem all of a sudden willing to give Avraham a name? And maybe part of what we're supposed to understand is we don't really have the introduction to Avraham. All we have, right? There's there there is no um, there, there's no there's nowhere where it says, "And I am choosing Avraham," except for right here. And perhaps it's not apparent. We don't have the introduction. We don't have the narration of that decision making, that declaration. And maybe it's because, unlike Noah, where the Chumash needed to give you the disclaimer, because maybe you otherwise would not have known, because indeed the Torah does not record anything extraordinary about Noah, other than the building of the Teva, which is pretty extraordinary. 
But up until that point, why he was chosen, there's nothing particularly remarkable about Noah, except maybe the fact that he just was not as debased as the people around him. Because after all, um, you know, the, that's why Chazal compare him to the people that he was surrounded by. You know, the, uh, he was better than them. And maybe he would not have been anything compared to Avram. So, but what then do we have that speaks about Avraham? We just have his actions. His actions might speak about louder than his words. So let's skip a little bit. Hashem says, Here I think we're getting to what is Hashem's plan C for the world. He says that the entire, all the families of the world will be blessed through you. And Sarashi quotes a pshat that a person will say, may, you know, may, oh, to a son, may, may you be like Avraham. And, you know, I don't know if anyone has that particular minhug, but maybe this is the answer already. You know, that, to think about how Canaan, for example, was cursed by Noah, that he was going to have to serve his brothers. He's going to have to serve his, um, you know, Chum and Canaan, they'll have to serve shame and yefes. So, the beauty of being a servant is that, you know, all your needs are met, but you're subservient. You, you know, your, your needs are met, but through the person to whom you are subordinate. Now, if Avraham represents the seed of shame who's going to inherit the world, so everyone theoretically can tap in to the blessings of Avraham through Avraham, all the world will be blessed, even if maybe they're not morally fitting for it, but they can be blessed through the bounty of Avraham. In other words, Avraham is the conduit through which the world be blessed. This actually speaks to Hashem's goal for mankind. Hashem wants to give mankind the ultimate good, but of course the ultimate good um, relies on free choice, and sometimes it's hard for people to make the right choices, and the world is not that righteous after all. But if you have one person through whom everyone else can be blessed, as long as they attach themselves, even if they're not most worthy, but they could still achieve good, so maybe that's the way to get to all of mankind, to, to bestow goodness upon mankind. Yes, it has to happen through Avraham, but at least everyone has the choice. And, you know, yes, it means being subservient, but after all, attaining the ultimate good does mean being subservient. Even Avraham has to be subservient to Hashem. We're all over the Hashem. But at least now, everyone has the opportunity through Avraham. So we're getting a little bit to what this, this plan C was. Now, what does Avram ultimately do? Right? So the Chumash tells us a little bit further. You know, Avram, we said, he, he was walking away. He was walking away from other generations, right? The Terach and Avraham started walking away. And then Hashem says to Avram, Lechacha, keep going. This is exactly what I want. Now, one of the big questions on Lechacha is the order in which Hashem speaks to Avram. He says, firstly, your land, then your birthplace, then the house of your father. Now that's backwards. Normally, you leave the house, then you leave the birthplace, and then you leave the country. Right, so what, what exactly is the reason for this? And what exactly does Lech Lecha mean? Go, go, go for you, go to you. So I'm going to offer a shot between Rav Hirsch and the Malbim, who were contemporaries. They both give similar explanations. 
and they, they both really work beautifully hand in hand. The Malbim explains that Lech Lecha does not just mean go for your benefit, but it means go to you. Meaning, go to your essential self. Sometimes you have to depart from all the things around you to find out who you really are. We often define ourselves by our surroundings, by our upbringing, by the place that we grew up. And certainly these things contribute to our personalities, but our, our tendencies, our leanings are not actually who we are. They are not our essential self. They are klipos. They are a blockage from whom we really are. And what we really are is a holy, pure neshama without any other influences other than the pure will to do Ratzon Hashem. And until you break out of that, you are not listening to your essential self, you're not connecting to your essential self, but you're connecting to everything around you. This was the problem of the Dor HaFlaga. No one was an individual. No one was purely what their, what, what their inner Ratzon of their heart, their higher Ratzon, was what, that, was what that was telling them. No one was listening to that. Avram was the only one to listen to that. And maybe Lechacha was a speech that was issued to everybody. But Avram was the only one that heard it, and the rest of the Dora Flaga did not. And that's why Rav Hirsch explains that why is it in backwards order? Because the way you're supposed to think of it is layers. Right? There's an outer layer, and then there is the next layer, and then finally you get to the inner layer. So if Avram is trying to journey to his essential self, which is his connection to Hashem, that means you've got to rip off all of the extra layers. Therefore, you've got to start from outwards and then go in. What about my country made me who I thought I was? What about my birthplace made me who I thought I was? And what about my household made me who I thought I was? And you, little by little, you've got to rip off those layers. We don't worship you know, the, the, the town we grew up in. Right, but that, that was the problem of Dorof Laga. Avram is breaking away. And Hashem says, I'm going to make you a name. And notice what Avram does right after. Hashem appears to him. The Pusik says, Vayiven Shem Mizbeach, La Hashem Love. And then what does he do? It says, Vayikra B'Shem Hashem. What does Avraham do? He goes around building Mizbechos that are each shrines and monuments saying, Hashem was here. Not me. The opposite of the Dorf Lagan. Instead of staying in one place and saying, here's my name, Avraham goes from place to place and then is, is, is Mikadesh Shem Shemayim. He's, he's Korea Vashem. That's the essence of an Avraham. That's the opposite of the Dorf Laga. This is in the plain text of the story. But this is who Avraham was. Now, before we finish, I'll just point out that if you look throughout the story, what Avram has to keep on doing, this Lechacha mission of peeling off the layers and finding out who you are in terms of what is your God-given tafkid, what Hashem wants of you, it doesn't end with Lechacha. But throughout the entire journey, Hashem sends Avram on these twists and turns. He sends him to Israel and he says, okay, well, no, there's a hunger. Avraham has a relationship with Lot, and for spiritual reasons, Lot is holding him down. So Hashem says, that's another layer that you've got to peel off. Hashem parts, so Avraham parts with Lot. Avraham parts with physical wealth in the war with the kings. And Avraham parts with, with Yishmael. Well, at first, he, we're even get to that yet. That's going to be in Parshas Vayera. And then he, he, you know, the, the next layer Avraham peels off is from his own body, his own, his own skin, the brismila. 
Avraham is working on peeling these layers until he finds out exactly who he is. And by the time we get to the end, he is the Avhamon Goyim. He is Avraham. He is his essential self. And I think by the time we get to the end, the Akedah represents the greatest peeling of what's closest to you, your own seed. But the point is that all the twists and turns that Hashem is taking Avraham on, the path to fatherhood, the goal of the whole time is to help Avraham reach his essential self. And when he gets there, he, he, he has made it, and he begins Hashem's plan C for mankind. And next week, what we will discuss is what, what exactly happens from there. What is Vayera about beyond what we saw in Mechacha? Well, what, what kind of addition to this plan does Avraham accomplish? We'll see you next time for Parsha Panorama, for Parsha Vayera.